0: What is up, everyone? If this is your first time joining our show, welcome to Third Shot Podcast. If you're a repeat listener, thank you so much for your continued support and welcome back. Also, don't forget to subscribe or follow our show on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, do us a favor and give us a rating, five stars, and maybe a comment, too. We'd love to see it. I'm five, here stars. With five stars.
1: Five stars. Five stars. <laughs>
0: I'm here with Uncle Greg and we're ready for a shot. Cheers,
1: Cheers. Richie. Glass up. Good seeing you.
0: Good to see you too. My favorite time of the week.
1: I know. How have you been playing?
0: Doing great. Um, Gotten some fun matches in. I dragged my mom out to the court recently and uh, we challenged this man and his son who was like eight or 10 years old, I think. OK, and it was so much fun because my mom, you know, she doesn't play very often, but um, she's a lot of fun to hang out with and play with. And she just brings that pickleball spirit. She's like dancing around and joking. And she was doing that like you're dead to the other team, you know, when oh, you like man. drag, drag <laughs> your thumb across your neck as a joke. And the kid was just like having a good time thought she was hilarious <laughs> i
1: i would love to see a little 10 year old trash talk in your mom that would be perfect
0: they were yeah going at it
1: <laughs> <laughs> well your mom is super athletic too she like, is you yes. got good athletic genes in you because i i you know she can run she covers court she's strong she can drive it she's fun to play with
0: she's a, a lot of fun when i finally get her out there <laughs> <laughs> And Have the best part recently? about it
1: is laughing. I love yes. playing with her because you, you, you there's always going to be laughs on the court with with your mom.
0: Oh my gosh, you are not kidding! Like it was nonstop, just like giggling the whole time. If you want to work out your abs as you play, laughing is the best <laughs> way to do that.
1: <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> I want to ask you a question about working out your abs. Does coughing or sneezing? When, you, when I have like a sneeze attack and, I, or, and I'm just – and I can't stop because of allergies or whatever, I feel like my abs have worked out for like – I've done a thousand crunches.
0: That's hilarious. I don't know if I've sneezed that much. <laughs> does it really just happen that way? Too I
1: don't <laughs> know if it does or not.
0: <laughs> oh, but coughing. When I've been sick and I've had – like I've been coughing for a few days. At the end of it, like, it does feel kind of sore.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, you know, the contraction of, of the muscles when, you know, you're, it's like your whole body is convulsing when you have a big sneeze or a big cough. And if it's <laughs> over and over and over again, I'm like, oh, it's got to be working something. I, I'm just looking for the positive out of, you know, allergies.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's just a small workout throughout the day. <laughs>
1: exactly. It's perfect.
0: So have you been playing recently too?
1: I have been playing. I have been playing. I, I cannot say that my last trip or my last match or two matches actually was as much fun as playing with you and your mom though.
0: <laughs> it's hard to beat.
1: <laughs> it, it is hard to beat. But I, I – okay. So let me tell you the quick story. So I was playing with a group of people and they were all duper players, right? They all have a, a duper account and so. stuff. So we decided, okay, let's uh you know, let's have some duper matches and let's post some scores. Cause we all want to kind of get our rating, you know, up and or yeah. not up, but more accurate and have more matches. So we played in a bunch of, of matches and we kind of you know rotated around, and had different partners and that type of thing. And it wasn't an official duper event. So, you know, one of the people said that they were going to do the the self posting of the scores. And later that night I got a a notice and said, okay, you know, you need to validate your scores. And I was looking through the the multiple matches we played and they all look kind of good. And then the last two that got posted were matches that I never played in. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I never partnered with this person against those two people. And there were two yeah, there were two matches against the same two people with me as the same partner and we never played those people and it showed that I lost both of those matches now, you know, I lose a lot of matches so it's not like winning or losing but the fact that it it never happened and, you know, that could obviously lower my rating and whether, whether my rating is lower or higher that's not the point it's just not accurate
0: Right. So So I'm not super familiar with duper because the last time I tried Vegas wasn't offering many duper events. So I haven't Mm -hmm. gotten into it, but, um, when they post the scores, is there something that you have to input as well? Or is it an external person inputting them? How does that work?
1: When it's not an official duper event and to like self post, then One team has to post the scores, and it goes to the other team, and one of the other team members has to validate it. Okay, Okay. so I haven't validated it because obviously it didn't happen, so I don't want to, to validate it. Actually, this is a great question. I have no idea exactly what I'm supposed to do, so maybe our listeners, please help us with this go to one of our social medias or our um, email us and tell me what am I supposed to do? Because there's these two matches that are floating on Duper right now, waiting for me to validate. And I don't want to do it. Is there a way to delete it or is there a way to dispute it? I don't know what to do. I've never had this happen before.
0: Yeah. Please share some information because that's good knowledge to have and You absolutely should not validate it if it didn't even happen at all.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I, I did reach out to one of the people that I supposedly played that I never played against, and he was saying, yeah, you should be able to delete it. Let me look into it. And then I didn't hear back, and then he said that the person that he was matched up with in the match, she didn't post it either, So now I'm wondering, who actually even posted these scores? Yes. so that's another question for our audience. Is it even possible that nobody that is in the four people that are supposedly played in this match could post scores? Like, I've never heard Mm -hmm. that happen before either. Is that possible?
0: Yeah, because then just random internet trolls can go into Duper and just start – Inputting like non-existing <laughs> scores and having fake games and just kind of messing up everybody's scores.
1: I mean, I'm guessing if you just don't validate it, it'll never go against you or for you. But I don't know. It's just it's just weird. I, but I don't want to. It'll, it'll so, still
0: count though for the person whoever's account did post it though, right?
1: I don't think it counts until it gets validated.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I don't think it counts until it gets validated. But I don't want like be floating out there and going, "Oh, he's just not validating because he lost," and you know he won't admit to losing. I'm like, no, no, that's no, not it at all. You know, I just want it to be accurate.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a sticky situation, and you know you don't want to ruffle any feathers with the people that you're playing with.
1: Right. So how right. do you it's, fix this? Yeah. So audience, please reach out to us and help me figure this out. Help Bridgie and I,
0: (laughs) because I I could not
1: be the only one this ever happened to, right? Other people, this must have happened to. And please, there's got to be a way out of it uh, or a correction or something. But I'm clueless. I'm clueless this. I'm not, I don't have a lot of duper experience. And this is the first time something inaccurate has happened. So please help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sending help. (laughs) Well, that kind of leads me to a learning more question because Russ isn't with us today. So I'm going to fill in this week and ask you a learning more question.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: So my question is, which paddle were you playing with in your Duper event? Because I'd like an inside scoop. And then also, how do you determine which paddle you're going to use when you're going out to play like with friends or in a tournament? what are some things you're looking for?
1: Well, I think you and I are in a unique situation where we have a lot of paddles to choose from. We've been lucky enough where we've had a number of guests that are paddle manufacturers that um, you know we get to try their different paddles out. So first thing is I want to try a paddle out if we have an upcoming interview. And I want to make sure I get a lot of games in with uh, their paddles so I can give an honest review of you know how their paddles perform for me and that doesn't mean it's going to perform for everybody the same as it performed for me or you right right even when you and I talk about the same paddle we have different experiences so the first thing I try to you know decide is okay do I have an interview coming up and you know what paddle are we interviewing about then the second thing is is you know if I've want to like really zero in on um, a certain aspect of my game because each paddle kind of has its own little personality and you know some of them are power paddles some of them are more touch paddles and that type of thing so if I want to work on a certain part of my game that day then I'll pick a paddle that will enhance that part of my game
0: Mm, I see yeah
1: right so so today, for example, you know, I, I really wanted to work on making solid contact. And, you know, we, go, we are going to talk to the owner uh, and founder, Josh, of Five Shots Pickleball, and one of his paddles is was absolutely perfect for me to take out and play with today to work on, you know, making really solid contact and hitting the sweet spot each time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it, that, that's kind of what I work on. And, and I'm looking forward to, you know, having our audience meet Josh because he has some fantastic paddles. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to share that experience, too.
0: Yeah, and you were saying that sometimes we don't have similar experiences with these paddles. But spoiler alert, this, this time around, the paddle was solid.
1: Oh, it, it, yeah. Well, we, we actually tried out multiple paddles. And spoiler alert, there is one difference when people listen to the rest of this interview and get to meet Josh and we talk about paddles. We did have one different experience. So stay tuned and listen to how Bridgie and I played with the Five Shots Pickleball Paddles. Listen
0: up, pickleball people. You can't slay on the court and look sloppy at the same time.
1: Thank goodness for Pickleball Athlete and their sweet styles.
0: Whether you want long sleeves, no sleeves, or funky and fun prints, Pickleball Athlete
1: has got you covered. Their selection is perfect for the super serious players or the jokers out there. And they don't just stop at clothes either.
0: Check out their awesome accessories that would make fabulous gifts for your favorite player or for yourself, let's be real.
1: And hey, you get to feel good about supporting a small business too. Find them at PickleballAthlete.com.
0: Be sure to also follow on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Welcome back to Third Shot. We appreciate all the support that you've been showing us on our social media, on our website. We appreciate all the feedback that you're giving us, the comments on Instagram and Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Keep it coming. We love it. Bridgie and I are now very excited to have Josh Satea, founder of Five Shots Pickleball, with us today. How are you doing, Josh?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. Think we've got our shots ready to kick off the show.
2: Oh
1: yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So before we get into this new paddle, Five Shots, we do like to hear your origin story and just kind of let us all know how you got involved in pickleball.
2: Right, right. No, I to, I'm sure my story is very similar to a lot of other people's. I, I used to play tennis. Um, I played it at, at a pretty good level, you know, in high school. And then throughout my mid-years, I played uh, in a somewhat competitive environment, It just got hard to maintain as I got older. It was very hard on the knees, hard on the joints. Um, Being in tennis shape is a very difficult thing to maintain. Um, So much running around, back and forth, side to side. So I kind of gave that up for a little bit. And my neighbor kept telling me that I had to play or try pickleball. And I put it off for a long time. (laughs) I think it was just the name of the sport that just
1: stopped
2: me from trying it. And I no, I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to try it. And he finally got me out there. And and to be honest with you, it was love at first game. I mean, I really felt something special playing the sport. And it was from that point on, I knew that this is going to be something I'm going to continue to be able to play for a while. Um, the fact of the matter that I could swing as hard as I would like to, more control on the shot. And not run around as much as what initially drew me to it, um and then it just progressed from there, so um there was a lot to like about it.
1: Was it an easy transition for you because of your tennis background was no. <laughs>
2: Very, no, it was very easy. Oh, good. good. You know, the hardest thing was learning how uh, you know what box to serve in after two p. You know, <laughs> zero. You know, keeping score was the most difficult part of the of the whole thing for me. But actually playing the sport was, was you know, it, it came pretty easily from a tennis background.
1: I got to ask you a question because you have a tennis background. Do you prefer playing singles or doubles now in pickleball?
2: I prefer singles but I can only play for about an hour of singles and then I get pretty tired but I can play for 2 hours 3 hours of doubles pretty easily um so it really comes down to stamina I I I'm in my 50s now believe it so I just don't have the stamina I'd like but if I'm going to go at it hard for an hour singles is all I could do is an hour at singles
0: well singles is very tough and we had a guest on she was a nutritionist And she tracks everything. And she was telling us that singles is such a great workout that in half the amount of time, she gets double the amount of steps and calories. I I believe
2: it. I believe it. Yeah.
0: Singles is where it's at if you're looking for a workout.
2: Right, right. But if you want to spend all afternoon hanging out and playing with friends, doubles is a uh, a safer way to go. Oh, it's fun. (laughs) A lot of fun. A lot of fun. I also like the friendliness aspect of the sport. I mean – you know, you walk on a tennis court sometimes, it's very it, it seems a little competitive, a little territorial. Um, but in pickleball, I've only received welcomings and smiles everywhere I went. I really feel like pickleball has a good vibe and a good community aspect to it. And I, I relate to that. I really do. Yeah,
1: we can't agree with you more about that. That's why Bridget and I love it so much. It's more about the social and the vibe and the friends that we're, uh, you know, getting to meet and make. Uh, why do you think in tennis it just doesn't have that? I know the the distance, right, the court's bigger. But I I can't buy that that's the only reason why that tennis is not as social as pickleball.
2: You know, it it probably has to do with the history of the sport. Um, You know, a lot of people played tennis younger. They might have been given tennis lessons. You know, they might have been trained to think that way. Um, Coaches, competitions – you know, you're always me against that, the other person, the opponent. And, and pickleball, I feel, is more of a an activity that people do to uh, be social and to have fun. So it's a different, it's just a different um, desired result. I mean, a lot of people play pickleball to be social. Most people I know who play tennis play tennis to win. Um, I just don't think it's as social an understanding as pickleball is, but I could be wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. I never really thought about it because I didn't grow up playing tennis, so I didn't have much to compare it to, but it is definitely a very social and fun sport. So you've gone from being a tennis player to a pickleball addict like the rest of us, but what inspired you to start your own paddle line?
2: Right. Well, that that's, you know, people ask me that to this day. And sometimes I scratch my own head and ask myself, why <laughs> do I do that? Um, to be honest with you, when I first started playing, I picked up maybe a $60 paddle at Dick Sporting Good, just started whacking at it with that. And I, I realized the limitations of that paddle pretty quickly. Um, so I, I got online and I wanted to look for a quality paddle that was made in the USA. I mean, it, it does matter to me. I try to buy USA when I can, can't always, but I do my best. And I was really shocked to see that most of the paddles from outside or from the United States were minimum $150 to $250 was kind of the range. Um, it just seemed a little excessive to me. So it got me thinking, I, I sort of have a, a quirky mindset, like, well, what what does go into making a paddle? How complicated is this? And I watched a YouTube video from a guy in his garage, made his own paddle. And I'm like, wow, that doesn't sound too difficult. Um, Let me try tinkering around and let me see what I could come up with. And that's really what got me going down the road. It started off as I was going to build a paddle for myself, my wife, you know, maybe my neighbors. And then it grew into maybe I could actually build this into a company. That's a big jump. There's a lot of work between here and there. Um, There's still a ton of work to do. Um, But that sort of was the genesis of it, is that I was upset I couldn't find a quality paddle made in this country for under $150.
1: And do you think it's just because of labor costs or, you know, what is it that makes it so expensive to, you know, create and manufacture paddles here in the U.S.?
2: And I'll answer this because I live this, so I can answer this with the full knowledge of having the right answer. It's very difficult to find manufacturing in America that will work in smaller quantities for startup companies. I would call up a factory in Arizona. I needed an end cap made end caps. I don't know. I wanted a thousand end caps. They had a minimum order quantity of like fifty thousand. Right. Wow. I mean. The amount of, you know, and I understand why, the time it takes to shut down the line, to retool, to do this, the amount of time it takes, they need to do a larger run of the product, right? So that's cost effective for them. It just doesn't make sense for a company to make a hundred or 200 or 300 pieces. And, you know, they need large order quantities. And I'm, as a new company, I'm not willing to do that. I don't need 5,000 of anything at this point. Maybe one day I will, knock on wood, hopefully I'll get there. But now I'm dealing in the hundreds, not in the thousands. And it's hard to find US manufacturers willing to do those smaller order quantities of quality material. Mm
0: -hmm, That's interesting.
2: Now I, I will say I've made, and this was surprising, I've made great relationships in China for products that I can't get in the US. And let me say in full disclosure, not 100% of my paddle is made in the US. I can't source every component of that paddle with US manufacturing, but the vast majority is made in the USA and that allows me to claim made in the USA, right? You can buy a car made in the USA but it'll have some chips in there from Taiwan. The car's still made in the USA even though a small percentage of the parts come from Taiwan. So my paddle is made in the USA but there are some small components that I cannot get in the U.S. as of yet. And I'm getting them from China. Um, gotcha. So, so the full disclosure, you know, we're, we're striving to be 100 percent made in the USA, but we're not quite there yet. But yeah, it definitely
0: sounds like it's going to take some time to build up the quantity of, of what's required here in order to get that to happen.
2: Right. And, and that's sort of why. I mean, in California, the minimum wage is 15.50 an hour. You know, you add that on top of you know, you know the cost of the goods and shipping, and before you know it, you do have a two hundred fifty dollar paddle, um, and that's why I see why prices are where they are. But you know, our goal was really to try to build a paddle made in the USA for around a hundred dollars, and that's really what we strive to do, um, and that's what we achieved.
0: That's great. So when you were building your own paddle, the first one, your homemade. Uh, prototype of it, I guess you could say, where did you find all of the materials to build it?
2: Great, great question. I, you know, I was, I went to a furniture manufacturer (laughs) in Arizona that makes T-molding, and that's the the edge molding that Uh we ended up using. Um, I went to a plastic manufacturer to make um, end caps and foam. We actually used balsa wood in the beginning, balsa wood We carved out or sanded balsa wood for the handles. Um, You know, just whatever we could, we pieced it together. You know, I ended up having to get my paddle blanks from China because I couldn't get a US manufacturer to supply me with paddle blanks. Because when you start a paddle company, that's probably the biggest decision you're going to make. How thick of a core am I going to use? And what's the material I'm going to use? You've got to test. You don't have to. But we we tested or I tested 15 to 25 different paddle blanks before landing on what I felt hit the best and what I wanted to represent in the market. So there's a lot of testing that goes on. Um, and it's relationships in China that actually allowed me to try different samples that I could end up narrowing down the search on.
1: You know, as a business owner myself, I totally respect where you're coming from and what you're trying to and what you are uh, creating here with Five Shots. What was your background and what did you take from your background that lent yourself to, you know, being a successful business owner in the paddle companies?
2: Right. Well, my wife would say I've had a series of failures and you learn something from every failure. Right. Every company you start, even if it doesn't work out, you learn something from. I mean, bar none. Um, My daughter broke her arm snowboarding one year at at Park City. And it was the first day of a seven-day trip. And I was astounded when I went to the doctor. They they told me only five pounds of pressure on a bone of a little girl. And you could snap that bone in half. And I'm thinking that's that's just too little pressure. And all the jackets you wear when you're snowboarding, there's really no protection. So I started a company um, that... Produced a shirt that had padding that went all the way up the arms and over the ribs and around the collarbone area so that when kids go skiing or skateboarding, they had protection over certain areas where they were prone to breakage. We called it exoshell, like the kids were going to wear an exoshell over their bones yeah, and it would protect cool. them from those little five pound breaks that everyone seems to get when they're a kid, you know. So I've I've dabbled in these things for a long time. I've I've figured out different ways to solve different manufacturing problems, how to work with vendors, how to trademark a product, how to do advertising, things of that nature. So even though that company didn't really work out the way I wanted it to, you, you learn things from that process. You take that to the next venture. So my answer, my long answer to your short question is, You learn something along the way from everything you do. And hopefully at one point it works for you.
0: Well, that sounds like a really great idea, the EXO shirt. I could have benefited from that, I think. (laughs) As a young one, I had so many broken phones, but what a great idea. And the fact that you've gotten some business experience, entrepreneurial experience, and you're able to apply it now. Right. You know, that just goes to show how great five shots is going to be.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into creating a company and building a brand and manufacturing in mass, right? It's one thing to make a paddle; it's another thing to make hundreds of paddles at the same quality level, you know, the same quality control. So that's you know, supply chain issues and and managing that process is is a job all unto itself. So it's an endeavor; it really is.
1: Well, let's get into those paddles because we're excited to talk about them. But before we do to the big T's, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Josh about the five shots paddle.
0: It's Bridgie and Uncle Greg with Third Shot Podcast. We're looking for our next tournament.
1: We really love sharing our experiences playing tournaments as a fun part of our Third Shot podcast journey.
0: We've been fortunate enough to be invited to play in a number of tournaments and broadcast live from the events.
1: So share your event with us and we can get the word out to our pickleball community. It's all about helping and growing the sport we love.
0: And we're hoping we'll get to meet you there. Welcome back to Third Shot Podcast and don't forget to subscribe or follow our show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media, Instagram or Facebook at third shot Podcast. We're also on Twitter at third shot Pod. Today we are joined by the founder and owner of Five Shots Pickleball, Josh. Welcome back, Josh.
2: Hi, how are you?
0: Good. We've got our third shot ready. This is our favorite one of the show. I think it's
1: cool that we're doing a third shot to five shots.
2: (laughs) As long as you don't get to five, I'm okay. I
1: (laughs) We might have to do another show to get to five. We'll do it. (laughs) Well, let's talk about these paddles because they are special. Um, Tell us, I mean, obviously we got into, they're made in the USA, but tell people the specs of these paddles and and what you're proud of with uh the different lines you have.
2: Right. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, I, I tested many different paddle blanks, cores, materials, and thicknesses before I settled on what I did. Um, I kind of feel like I'm more of a power player, so I like a paddle with a little more pop on it. Um, so what I found is I ended up going with a little bit thinner of a core. Um, and then instead of having a carbon fiber weave I wanted a composite carbon fiber and I don't know. I actually brought a, a blank with me. I don't know if I could use props on the podcast. But we can you can see it. <laughs> this, is a, this is a carbon fiber blank. This is a, a composite smooth face paddle like I use at five shots. All right. It's it's very smooth. It has no ridges and it has no, it's not woven. Okay. As compared to a, like a Torre carbon fiber, where you could actually feel the grit, the surface on the carbon fiber, right? So when you're looking for a powerful shot, physics will tell you that when the ball makes contact with the paddle face, the smoother or the more surface area the ball's gonna hit, the more pop you're gonna get off the face. So when you're dealing with a weave like this, when the ball hits it, it's hitting it at different angles. Right. The ball doesn't hit it flush. The ball's hitting little bumps and ridges. It's hitting texture. Right. Right. So when it comes off the face of the paddle, it's, it's the the paddle's absorbing energy of the ball because it's not a smooth finish. It's textured. So we decided, or I decided I like the play of a smooth paddle face because it didn't absorb as much energy and the ball popped off the face. So then the problem is, well, if you have a smooth carbon fiber face, how do you control it? How do you spin? And that's where I found this manufacturer in Pennsylvania that came up with this high tack surface layer that goes on top of this surface that has the grit and the granular texture to create the spin, okay, and the grit. So what we tested and what we liked the most was a smooth surface carbon fiber with a grit layer attached to it. And we did a thinner core, which is 12.75 millimeter. I know a lot of people like playing with a thicker paddle, um, but we didn't. I mean, honestly, and I don't think most people can honestly, honestly tell you the difference between a 13 millimeter and a 14 millimeter paddle when they're hitting it. That's just me. (laughs) but I I feel like the, the thinner paddle gave a little more power control the grit layer that we put on top provided the spin and the texture that you need to control so i felt like we had the best of both worlds there
0: i see that makes sense and you know i never really even thought what the core looked like would even play as big of a part of the power behind your stroke essentially
2: yeah and
0: i was able to feel that though that was one of the things that i liked about playing your paddle was i'm typically not like a banger or a, a power hitter or anything like that but when I was playing with your paddle I did feel it come off a lot better and I was able to hit some really great shots and my friend that I would normally play with Francine she's the one that I actually started playing pickleball with I had her try it out too and she was like oh man I really love the sweet spot on this one and she felt the same thing where her hits were a lot stronger and a lot faster so well, she actually put up some Stiff competition. We're no, that, playing that's singles. Great to
2: hear. I mean, one of the things I'll mention, th- this, this is one of our paddles here, but what I, one of the things I wanted to mention is the throat area here on our paddle is a little wider than other paddles, and that increases the sweet spot by just a little bit. So it's a little wider in the throat, which makes it a little stronger, more durable, but also increases the sweet spot a little further so that you're able to get – what we felt were better hits off the paddle. So this shape of this is just a little wider in the throat than most. And we found that that added a little bit more to the sweet spot and the strength of the paddle.
1: And is that technology built into both the pro series and the pro
2: am series? Well, the pro series, the pro series was made strictly for people with two hand, who want two handed backhands. Right. Um, I really, even though I hit a lot with the one handed, I don't no feel as comfortable with the backhand until I have both hands on the paddle and I'm coming through it. Just it just feels more comfortable for me to do it two-handed. So what we ended up doing is we kept these because you have to keep the paddle certain dimensions to be USA approved, right? Uh, USA pickleball approved. You can't exceed twenty-four inches in uh, in, in total uh, total directions. So what we ended up doing is making the paddle a little narrower here, but keeping it wide at the throat. So it's got a kind of, it's got a custom shape to it with the almost six inch long handle. So um, yes, to answer your question directly, we did keep the throat a little wider here, um, but we do lose a little surface area on the face because we're making up for it with the longer handle, you know, and that's, that's sort of what we did with the the pro series. It was really designed strictly for those who like a two handed backhand. And there's plenty of them out there. They're really, They're I mean, there's a lot of people who like that two-handed shot.
0: I've noticed that. And I've been trying it out myself because I didn't know what I was doing with my backhand. So I was like, maybe this two-handed one would help give me a little bit more um, yeah. like guidance or direction with it.
2: Right, right.
0: So, Uncle, you've also had a chance to play with him as well. What were your thoughts on it?
1: I loved the Pro Series Paddle. Okay. And I'm not a two-handed backhand player, but the sweet spot, even though you said the surface area is a little smaller.
0: Right.
1: The sweet spot's almost the entire paddle. Like there wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, how you test the edges, you like, you bounce a ball and you're kind of testing the edges, stuff like that. I felt like almost the entire paddle was a sweet spot. And with the smaller surface, I felt super fast with it. Like, so I went to where I practice against a wall. And I was just doing, you know, speed drills with it. And I, it was noticeable for me how much quicker I was doing my speed drills with that pro series paddle than I was with other paddles that, that, that I've practiced with. So, and then I took it out to, yeah, then I took it out to the court and to Bridgie's point, the power that I got with it. Um, I mean, I was, it was effortless and the ball was coming off hotter than other paddles that I have. And it did not sacrifice spin, like you were saying, Josh. I was still able to spin it. And then I went to the Pro-Am Series paddle. And um, because it had a larger service area, it seemed like every shot I hit was in the middle because I was used to playing with the smaller right, service right, area. So right, it, was, right. it was a perfect transition for me. And then I just started drilling the Pro-Am. But my personal preference was... Um, because I love the design of your pro series right. and right. I love the sweet spot of that pro series. Um, I, I could see myself playing that a lot.
2: Well, you noticed you did bring up the grip at one point, the grip sizes yeah. are different between the two.
1: Yeah. So,
2: you know, and that's, you know, and one thing I'd like to preface by saying no one can build a paddle for everybody, right? People have different likes, they have different hand sizes, they have different desires from a paddle. You know, some people like paying more of a soft game, a, a drop game, some people like a more of a power game. So I, I understand that there's different paddles for different people, but the what we did with the Pro Shop is that we had a four and three eighths size grit, which is circumference around. Okay, so it's four and three-eighths, which is a pretty good size for people. I would say maybe five eight, five, seven, and five eight and higher or people who like a, 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 sturdy grip. What we tested is that most people who are on the, on this under 5.8 prefer this size grip, which is about four and a quarter. Now it's, it's one of these things where I, and I think that's why a lot of companies offer customizing different paddle, you know, circumferences. When you order them, certain companies will say, Hey, what size grip do you want? Because the grip is, It's very hard to make a grip smaller, meaning it's almost impossible. Like if this grip felt too big for you, you Mm -hmm. can't make this thinner. But this grip here, if you wanted one a little thicker, you could add an extra grip and over grip. So it's easier to make this, expand this grip. So we kind of designed this so that it would appeal to the most people possible, and then you could expand it from there.
1: But so, um, so Just to clarify for everybody, you're showing us these different paddles, but the Pro-Am series has the, the smaller grip.
2: Yeah, the, the Pro-Am Pro series, Am series has the smaller grip, grip right. Um, but you could always make a grip bigger by wrapping it in an overgrip. You know, so we, we just tried to make, um, even though they have, you know, it's the same technology, they do have different size grips because we found more people were playing with the Pro model. Um, you know, we're coming from a tennis background. Even though you didn't, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Even without the tennis background, but uh, and they seem to be more comfortable with the larger size grip, which is more in line with a tennis racket. Let's say a tennis racket size. But um, yeah, some other things about the paddle that um, that we thought were pretty good is, you know, when we adhere the edge guard around the edges. You know, a a complaint we hear all the time is that these edges come off after hard play, after scraping on the ground. These get loose on paddles and they fall off. You know, we use a a 3,700 PSI adhesive to to put this product on, and it results in a very strong bond between your core and your edge guard, and it gives a long-lasting longevity to the paddle. So we've noticed that we're getting a lot more durability out of these paddles because these edges aren't coming apart as quickly and as often as other paddles do. So we really spent a lot of time trying to make sure the product we built would stand the test of time. This is not a two month paddle. This could be something you use for six to 12 months and it should not break down and degrade on you. You should be able to use this for six to 12 months. A lot of those other paddles, um, you know, they after about two to three months, they're gonna lose their texture, they're gonna lose their grit and they might have edges falling apart. So we really tried to focus in on building a quality product that would last a long time.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it. And it feels like it. And like uncle mentioned, it does have a really cool design on it. You've got two different um, series or two different lines of the pro series of Am series, but both of them, they look so great and so sleek. Who was in charge of coming up with these designs?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, as a smaller company, we obviously, we do not have an in-house design team. Um, I found a designer who worked for other brands such as, uh, Nike and Converse and, um, some other clothing companies locally here in the LA area. And she decided to take this on as an independent contractor and came up with these design looks and, uh, for us. So, you know, we got a professionally designed Lined on a, uh, you know, from someone who's worked with some of the biggest brands in the industry. So we feel, we felt very good about the different designs and the different colors and the palettes that they use in the fonts too.
1: My uh, wife doesn't usually mention, she's not a pickleball player. She doesn't usually mention too much about the paddles that I have or anything like that. But you know, the Pro-Am series that you sent me in the purple, she goes, oh, that is so pretty. But <laughs> she yeah, she thought like that was the perfect color paddle for her. Like if she ever plays pickleball with me, I I know she's going to try to steal she's that, pick one. that <laughs> one for oh, sure. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. Every every my two daughters they will, they've both picked their paddle that they fell in love with. Now my wife's picked her paddle that she's more right. in love with.
2: Yeah, I'm glad it's a five shots paddle. It is.
1: It is. So what's coming up with five shots? What's what's the future look like?
2: Right. Well. You know, we're trying to sell paddles, right? So the the question is, how do you sell paddles in such a crowded space? How do you carve out a niche for yourself? How do you sell it? Where do you sell it? How do you advertise it? So we sort of have a three prong approach. Um, One of them is going to be Amazon. Amazon is a juggernaut in the space of selling products around the world. There is no denying that. Um, Recently, we just got up, on, up and running on Amazon and I am learning how to sell on Amazon. It's quite an experience. It's quite an eye-opening experience. Their advertising model is a pay-per-click model, which means you set up a budget, a daily budget, and you tell them what products you wanna advertise and what keywords you want to zero in on. Like I might zero in on pickleball paddles, Pickleball paddles made in the USA. Pickleball paddle set made in the USA. So you pick these keywords and then there's a little bid button, a little bid range for how much you want to pay if someone types that in their search bar for your ad to appear or your impression, they call it, to appear on that page. These could range anywhere from $2 to $5 per click. So as I'm learning, you set up a fifty dollars daily budget, you know, and you're paying $5 for someone just to click on your impression. That's not buy the product. That's to just click on the impression. Yeah. Wow. So you could really go through a lot, a large budget of people just clicking on your, on that sponsored impression and not even making a purchase. And I think that's why I see not, there's a lot of paddles on on Amazon, don't get me wrong, but a lot of startup companies I think are avoiding Amazon for the fact of the matter is it's very expensive to advertise your product on Amazon if you're going to pay $5 for every time someone clicks on your impression. And That's not to buy it. That's just to look at it. And you might need 20 people to click or 40 people to click before you get one purchase. So you might spend a couple hundred dollars on advertising to make one sale. And then Amazon has their fees that go along with that down the road. You know, they're, they're, they usually take about 15% commission on sporting goods. Then if you do fulfilled by Amazon, where they do the prime shipping, that's another seven to $10. So, I think you can see that the only people getting rich here are Amazon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not know any of that. That's really insightful.
2: Yeah, it, it's a process. It's an eye opener. Um, you know, I, I bet I could spend the whole hour on a podcast just explaining how Amazon works. But um, <laughs> that's a whole other issue. But we are trying. You know, I'm doing it. You know, I'm. You know, we're all hopeful for that snowball effect. You know, at some point where you don't have to advertise every day, that you move up in the rankings, you move up on the pages. So that hopefully you don't have to advertise so much and you get organic clicks and organic sales, but that could be a very expensive way to go. But so you ask, that's the first thing we're doing. The second thing I'm doing is we've contacted a lot of indoor pickleball facilities and we're sending out these paddles as demos so that people could actually demo them in the indoor facilities and then. If it has a good reception, talk to the pro shops about getting set up in the pro shops and a lot of these facilities. Um, most of them get calls all the time from right. new paddle companies, right? There's probably a hundred or you know a hundred indoor facilities that have mass memberships around the country. You know, five or six that have multiple locations. They're getting bombarded with calls from new startup paddle companies saying, can you put my paddle in the pro shop? So that's a you know that's a, a long road to go down too. You gotta prove yourself. You gotta earn your space on the shelf. And how do you do that? Well, you give them demo paddles, you have them try it, you have their members try it. And if they feel that it's good enough to make it on the wall in the pro shop, then maybe they'll invite you to do it. So we're going that route too. Um, the third route is social media. Where, you know, we've been doing a lot of outreach on social media, um, more than welcome to do podcasts, more than welcome to talk to anyone who will listen about how we make these, how we manufacture them, the story behind them. Um, so there's that outreach on the local level. There's social media trying to grow it that way. And soon we'll do advertising on social media. We haven't done that yet. And Amazon. Um, if there's another way, please, Uncle, tell me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk. That's another podcast, right there. Yeah, yeah, but
1: uh, you'll have right. to come on my business podcast for that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: that's all right. That's all right. So, um, yeah, so that's the goal. The goal is to sell product at this point, and to um, and to get it out there, you know, and to get the product in the hands of players.
0: That's awesome, and we hope the best for you and your pickleball paddle line. For any of our listeners who are interested in purchasing one, where is the best place for them to go right now?
2: Well, uh, thanks for asking, but the uh, the website is the easiest way. Just go to fiveshotspickleball.com or you could go to Amazon and uh, from Amazon just type in Five Shots and they'll auto-populate. You can choose one and be at your door in two days.
0: And if you click it, buy it.
2: Yeah, yeah, don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, as much as I respect Mr. Bezos for everything that he does, let's just go to five shots pickleball
2: dot <laughs> yeah. com
1: and buy direct and you know let, let's let's take care of Josh.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. I really do.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show today and educating all of our listeners about Five Shots Pickleball. You got great paddles. I can't wait to endorse you and uh you know, hopefully grow the the market for your paddles.
2: Right. I, I appreciate that. You know, we're putting people in this country to work. We have manufacturers throughout the United States and employees that are putting this together and assembling it and shipping it. So, um Yeah, everything we do here is is really with the goal of not only building a company, but building manufacturing in in this country. So um, it's a good noble cause. So please buy the product.
1: All right, well, thank you again. And thank you all of you listening for joining us at Third Shot, where Bridgie and I will continue to share our pickleball journey. A special thanks to Josh for joining us today and sharing all the great paddles that Five Shots has to offer check out their website at five shots that's the number five shots or on instagram at the number five shots underscore pickleball you can support this show by subscribing and we promise to have more amazing guests just like josh in future episodes so let's continue to share our enjoyment for the game and grow the pickleball community see you next time on third shot podcast